Hello and welcome to the DTC Leaders Podcast, a series brought to you by Commerce Centric. My name is Philip Driver, founder and CEO of Commerce Centric, the direct-to-consumer experts. And together with my guests, we will be deep-diving the most important topics around direct-to-consumer and e-commerce. You will hear from the top leaders in their field on how they faced and overcame the big DTC challenges and their thoughts on the future of e-commerce. Learn what you need to stay ahead and to take your business direct-to-consumer. Hello and welcome to another edition of the DTC Leaders podcast. This week we're really honoured to have uh, Jaime uh, Sacristan from Wi-Fly um, to join us on the podcast. So uh, Jaime, you're very welcome along. Thank you, Michael. Hi, very glad to be here as well. So Wi-Fly, uh, what, is, what is Wi-Fi all about? What, what's the business model? Give the listeners a brief introduction to this. Yeah, so basically uh, we're offering e-bike subscriptions. Um, it's a very easy concept. It's like when you rent uh, a car, you make a long-term rental and you get all the services and the car, obviously. Um, so you get yeah. uh, the insurance, the maintenance and everything. And that's what we're offering. For a monthly fee, we give a, an e-bike with all the associated services, insurance, maintenance services, uh, reparations, substitution e-bike, etc. So that's basically what we do right now. And uh, in the long run, we our aim is to become a global provider of um, micro mobility solutions. So not only limited to e-bikes, uh, and and also not limited to um, vehicles. We we also we also want yeah. to develop some solutions around applications, connectivity, and, and all the stuff. So it's, yeah, a very interesting uh, story that, that might unfold ahead with this business. How did you come up with it? How did you come up with the idea for Wi-Fly? Um, basically, everything started like two years ago. So it's been a, a long path until we released the, mar- the product to the market. And everything started... Um, in a meeting with with a, one of our investors, actually, uh, mm. we started brainstorming and and we came with a with a market that was booming that we liked a lot, which is a micro mobility uh, market, and we were thinking about some ideas to overcome problems that uh, were not uh, solved yet. So we yeah. started thinking about the the sharing. Um, of e-scooters and, and e-bikes and, and uh, yeah, all, all, all the vehicles, electric vehicles. And we started thinking, how is it possible that they're not making money? So basically, um, we saw that they had a, um, an operational problem because they need a lot of scale uh, to, to be profitable. And we came with a, with a different model where uh, users... Um, reported the problems on their vehicles and it was like a, a very long process we started brainstorming and and in the process of uh, of the research of the market we saw that there was an opportunity uh, to cover uh, the needs of, of people who make intensive use of the vehicle not just uh, a one like a, a, a use a spontaneous need um, to move from one point to another but 
people who make uh, daily use of the vehicle. So this is where we jumped in and we, we believe that with the subscription uh, model, they, they have all their needs covered, uh, all the, the services around the e-bike, and they can make uh, an intensive use without the hassle, hassle of, um, for instance, uh, lack of availability, uh, yeah. expensive prices, or yeah, uh, the, or or a bad state of safety of the vehicle. Those are the main issues we we saw in the in the shared micro mobility sector. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it's something that we're seeing uh, across Europe now, grow, growing popularity. Um, this subscription-based model. Um, so it's really interesting, you know, how, how you were ahead of that and, and you got in there and, um, you know, successfully grew the business. Um, so, you know, when we look back over the past 12 months, what, what would you say is the biggest uh, achievements that your business is, has made? Well, <laughs> it's uh, difficult to, get to uh, choose mm. the, the biggest ones, but um, because we've been through a lot, we've We've had to raise money, validate the business model. We've we've uh, had a snowstorm that caused a lot of trouble, but also yeah. uh, gave us very important feedback. Um, but I would say that the the biggest achievement we we managed we managed in the last past, uh, twelve months was to uh, raise money in in the middle of a, a pandemic, which was a a very difficult situation. Uh, actually, we. We created the company in September 2019, uh, had to inactivate it until the business started running. And we started negotiations with the, with the investors. And, and in March 2020, we had a, an agreement to raise the money. But then uh, in Spain, it was just the moment where we, where we got confined. So yeah. actually we had to postpone everything and we managed to raise the money in May when everything reopened but uh, it was a very difficult situation because everything reopened very slowly so people yeah. didn't move uh, as, as much as they did before and yeah we had to convince <laughs> the investors that um, we, we made our research we, we were sure that there was a market for our idea and yeah. actually, yeah, we, we managed to raise the money and to release the product into the market. So everything went smooth, finally. <laughs> That's fantastic, though. I mean, that, that is one big challenge to, to get around this global pandemic. And, and the fact that your team came through that is a great testament to the, uh, to the effort that you made. Um, mm -hmm. you, you also touched on some of the other challenges there, um, you know, regarding the, the snowstorm in, in Madrid. So how yeah. did that unfold? Like, how did you deal with that situation? Well, that was crazy because uh, uh, Madrid is, uh, for, for those who don't, don't know it, it's a city where we, we rarely see snowstorms, like maybe once every five to 10 years. And it was, this was a huge one. Uh, like we had one meter and a half of snow and I've never seen it in my life. <laughs> so, um, how we deal with it in, in Madrid is uh, before the snow uh, comes, uh, all, what we do is we, we put salt all, mm. all around the city uh, so that the, the snow doesn't, uh, doesn't get uh, stick, doesn't stick in, in, in the floor, right? So yeah. uh, this transformed the, the snow in salty water. 
and this was a huge problem for our e-bikes because uh, it, it caused problems to the batteries, to the to the engines, um, to to many of our e-bikes components. So how we dealt with it? Well, actually, uh, it, it was it was a moment where we didn't have a lot of activity because if there's snow all around the city and we are not used to it, people are not going to buy subscriptions from us. So we, we had time to 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 devote it to operations. So what we did is all our human resources were uh, were devoted to operations. So picking up the e-bikes in the middle of the snow, which is not easy. Uh, yeah. Picking up the e-bikes, repairing them. Um, we had to look for the com for some components which are very rare. Uh, so yeah, it's about just like t picking up the phone and and calling as many providers as you can until you find it. So um, it was a question of, of, of work and, and we, we, we solved it with uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, of effort, but no, no, there's no clue, no, no, no issue, no, no, nothing I can tell you, like no secrets about it, mm -hmm. just uh, a lot of work. And um, it, the thing is uh, this snow storm, as I told you, caused a lot of problems, but it also yeah. gave us some very important keys for the business model. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic experience to come through. And it, by the sounds of things, you know, that connection you had with the customers and the ability to handle that situation proved to be very good for you and your brand in the long run. So, you know, as, as we look at your customers and, and who you're targeting, what, what does the Wi-Fi um, customer look like? What, what is your target person that you're going after here with, with this business? Okay, so what we've seen so far, we, we are, in fact, we're, be, we're being shocked by the, by the customer profile uh, who's been approaching us because yeah. we thought it was going to be in the late 20s, early 30s, and dig, digital native, and yeah, that's, that was our idea of the, of the mm -hmm. client profile. And what we've seen so far is that uh, I'm, I'm now talking about the non-professional profile, okay? Because we have like three segments, but the yeah. non-professional profile, we we've seen that it's people with an average uh, age of uh, 40, 40 to 45 years old, and it's uh, they're in the range of 30s to late 50s, um, and not all of them are digital digital native. So um, what we've seen is that most of them are uh, have a IT or or entrepreneurship uh, activities, or they, yeah. we have a lot of freelancers as well. And uh, yeah, they they mostly live in the in the core of the city, in the in the center, but it, like in the in the main core where it's difficult to move uh, with with cars and, and other vehicles yeah. and in an area of uh, nature, just like um, in the riverside and, and things like that. And besides that, there's there's nothing in particular. I mean, uh, we we're seeing very different profiles. So I guess the, right now uh, we yeah. We haven't uh, uh, managed to to get the, the right audience yet uh, to get the, the all the data, 
but uh, yeah, we have some clues about the age and where they live and everything. And then, uh, as I told you, we have a, a couple more of segments. Uh, couriers yeah. work for delivery companies uh, and uh, professional, uh, sorry, um, uh, businesses uh, that that make their own delivery. Like uh, it can be a, a franchise of uh, burgers or, or pizza or whatever. And those are the three main segments we have. So the thing that strikes me about this business model, about the subscriptions business model, is that, you know, customers expect a certain level of service. They're paying money to really get a good service in return for that and not have the hassle of, you know, direct ownership of the of the product. So how do you like manage that relationship with the customer? How do you maintain a good direct relationship with them? Well, uh, that's a very, very good question. Um, we, so far, what we've seen is that many people came to us because they wanted to try an e-bike because it's a very new uh, product. So I just want to try the e-bike and and see if if I like it, then I I'll buy it from you. And yeah. what we've seen is that after six months. None of them have uh, have uh, unsubscribed and buy and, and and bought the e-bike. So, what we think, uh, well, it's not that we think. We, we talked with them, and what we've seen is that uh, they're very happy with the services. And how do we do that? Basically, what people like is not just about um, the services itself, but it's also like knowing that they have someone there who's who's going to um, make sure that their experience is going to be great, you know? So yeah. uh, even before the customers have any problem with the e-bike, we're already there asking, uh, how's the e-bike going? Uh, do you have any problem? Do you need any maintenance or whatever? So that we make sure that they know we are there and they, they don't forget they have the services associated because we've seen some some users that, that forgot about the services, which is crazy, and went to reparation shops and, and paid for this for the reparations. Um, so yeah, we try to to be very proactive and and to to anticipate the problems uh, because if you do the maintenance, then probably you're you're gonna have uh, less trouble with the with the bike. And that's uh, building a very strong relationship between us and our customers. It's very important. Mm-hmm. So do you find that that relationship um, lasts for a long time then, that you really gain long-term traction with these customers who then might refer to friends or to kind of stick with you in the long run? Is that, is that what you generally see then as you build this relationship up? Yeah, exactly. Um, we've had, uh, I don't know, it was like uh, 10% of our leads came from uh, past customer referral which is a, a very yeah. good sign. And uh, and we have a 95% retention rate, which is also a, a very good metric. And actually, that's uh, those numbers are very difficult to interpret, to, to yeah, interpret uh, without uh, having all the context, but yeah. we've talked to them and uh, it's it's very it's very good to see that they are happy with the services. They are telling us that um, they are recommending us to their friends because 
they they love the way we treat them. Uh, they they are saying some things as good as yeah, we love the team, we we love the the, the people who who make part of Wi-Fi. So that's why we're recommending it, and that's um, I think that's a stronger relationship than any service you can provide or whatever. So that's um, yeah, definitely. I I think in current times. You know, this is obviously becoming very popular across Europe and, and there's a lot of competitors in the market and it seems like you guys have got a good edge because of the services you provide which will you know give you long-term growth in the future um yeah. and obviously today you are based in in Madrid and, and that has been hugely, hugely successful for you um what, what are the future plans for the business how, how do you see it expanding more cities more countries like what, what are you guys thinking yeah um this is as far as we've seen this this business is city based so uh, we're going to expand city by city but we yeah we want to expand nationally and internationally as well and our plan is to first um grow in madrid and and be a established an established operator here first because it's uh, more efficient in terms of uh operations and second because we really want to test the the market size and if everything goes good and and we grow as as much as we want in madrid our plan is to move to valencia malaga uh, barcelona sevilla and then to the north uh, bilbao and san sebastian in spain yeah. uh, and zaragoza and then after after the national expansion, we want to go to Portugal, France, and Italy. Uh, main cities would be Lisbon and uh, Lisbon and well, in France we want to go to Bordeaux, Paris, in Italy to Rome, Milan, and yeah, some other smaller cities like maybe Torino, uh, Sicilia. Yeah, and that that's that's our our midterm plan let's say yeah the, yeah it seems like the, I, yeah sorry yeah it seems like the possibilities are endless then with, with this exactly yeah and in, in yeah. the long run as well we we would like to go to the northern europe uh, european cities because it's like the biggest market but uh, there's also a lot more competition so it's, it's more difficult to get there for us yeah yeah and that's an interesting point, you know, to bring up around competition and being flexible in the market and being able to, you know, really get that edge. Um, one of the things that, you know, is very important, you know, going direct to consumer is the importance of data. Um, you know, being able to analyze data, understand it um, on the technology side, you know, on the website, the app. How do you go about that? You know, how do you collect this data and analyze it and be flexible to it? What, what sort of measures do you have to uh, do that? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, a very good point as well. Um, in the in the very beginning, we did it sort of uh, uh, in a in a manual way. Or let's see, let's say we we collected the data through the website, so this is automated and everything was automated. But we didn't have like a professional dashboard built with KPIs and everything, because there were other more important issues to solve at the beginning. So what yeah. we did was to we had a spreadsheet with all the information, and we we 
we talked to the customers and yeah we had this the information we needed like uh, the 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 job of of our users the if they're married or not if they have sons uh, the the average distance of the travels well a couple of, uh, of of questions that we asked like informally when we when we met them and yeah. and then we had all the information that was collected through the through the website so the age the where they where do they live uh, in some cases, they, we also had their work uh, address and all this information, and we we've managed to to validate the main KPIs we needed with this information. So it was okay. But right now, we're working on professionalizing this a lot because yeah. uh, we want to measure the impact of every single action we're making. So. Uh, doesn't matter if it's in sales, marketing, um, in in if if we change the website, for instance, or if we change uh, some some IT systems. How how does that impact on our operations? Um, yeah. If we have a stock, uh, does that impact also the time the the average time of turnover? Um, so we we want to measure everything, and we're going to do a lot of actions and isolate them and, and measure the impact of this action alone. Uh, I think that's the, the best way to proceed because you, yeah. you can have the sensibility, the, the exact sensibility of, of how, how that measure is going to affect your business in the long run. And once we have all this information, we can uh, make decisions and say, okay, we want to, so, Let's say, okay, um, for instance, buying uh, tools for, for the reparations um, reduces our reparation time uh, 15%. So is that yeah. profitable for us or not? Maybe it's more profitable to have someone just fixing the e-bikes with, a, with, a, with average tools, not professional tools, you know? Um, that's, that's the way we want to proceed, but we're implementing it right now. Yeah, it, it sounds really interesting. It sounds that you can make some really good decisions around return on investment and deciding where the budgets go within the business. I think one of the other interesting areas that might be tied to this is really the product and how you develop the product. And my assumption is that data really comes into that as well to help you drive making a product decision and how you yeah. advance it to the better, yeah, for, for customers. Um, so with that in mind, um, you know, what is the plans in terms of the product for future? Like, how do you see that developing either like, you know, the bike itself or the subscription model or other things related to what you're doing? How do you see those things developing? Okay. Um, exactly. I, I see it the same way as you do. So, um, when, when we started all this, I came from banking, so I, I had a very analytical approach to everything, and mm. maybe I think that when you start a company, it's much better to follow a lean methodology. So um, what we want to do, we want to test a lot of things. We have a lot of, of new features, but what we're going to do is the same thing that I just told you about any, any decision related to the business model. So we're going to introduce a new feature and see how that affects uh, all the metrics related to 
retention. Um, uh, well, retention might be different to treat because it's long run, so it's a bit yeah. tricky. But uh, how it affects the the customer acquisition, how it affects the the um, interest withdrawal. So uh, let's say that the cost per mile when you make public publicity about those features, um, if it increases the interaction uh, in 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 social media is also a good indicator. And we're going to to analyze all the data around new features and see if it's interesting to make a uh, a professional development or or not. So, for instance, one thing we we wanted to test, uh, and 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 it's very. I mean, not 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 all the team is aligned on this, so it's very important mm -hmm. to to have this uh, data based approach. Um, we want to test if uh, giving the user the possibility of leaving the the e-bike at night in the street, so okay. like, yeah, sleeping in the street, if that is important to the user or not, and how do we do this? Okay, so let's let's make a, a prototype, a very easy prototype. It's not difficult, so you just have to buy two very strong uh, locks and and yeah. give them to the user and say, okay, uh, use those locks. You you have to be very careful and use them this way. And, and test if this e-bike gets stolen in the next three to four months or not. Okay, if it doesn't, uh, now let's offer some other users the possibility to uh, leave the, the, the bike in the street paying two euros a month, for instance, or whatever. Um, yeah. And let's see how this uh, influences the, uh, the, the behavior of, of the users how they interact with our site, how they interact in, in social media. Um, if we get we get to acquire more users, so all the data around around customer acquisition and engagement. So this is the way we're going to proceed with everything. And the, about the features, I can't really tell you um, publicly <laughs> all of them, but uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we want to develop uh, some features related to to the hardware, so the e-bike. Um, yeah. So th th those will be features um, very very linked to to our business model. So um, we we are aware that people want don't want the hassle of of property, as you said, and all the features yeah. will be going this way. We are also going to develop, as I told you, some some um, services uh, of, of some app services. So we want to develop some connectivity between our e-bike and an app, and some app services that might help uh, the user to have a, a much better biking experience. That's that's basically uh, the the main direction we're taking in our project pipeline. It sounds very exciting. It sounds like a lot of interesting things are going to happen with the product Hopefully. over the next few years. <laughs> so, you know, the other aspect of this is the customer. And, you know, as you develop the product and you expand your services, how you actually reach those customers. So what marketing methods do you use to, to draw more people in and convert them and get them to be active users? Like, what, what has worked well for you with that? Hmm. So... We, when we 
first started our business, uh, we thought, uh, as I told you, we're, we're digital native. We thought uh, our audience was going to be younger and, and more akin to use uh, uh, digital services. But what we've seen so far is that we have a mix of um, people from 30 to 40s uh, who are very used to, to go to social media, to buy online, etc. And then we have some older people who um, you sometimes they're, they're also buying online, but many of them yeah. don't like the experience of having everything online and and having a web app and everything because they forget about the passwords. They're not used to it. So yeah, um, what we've we've done, we switched a little bit our strategy. We, we, we're still running uh, digital campaigns because it's a, a very interesting way of, of acquiring customers and we have the metrics we've had so far in in uh, digital uh, media are are better than expected so our business model is validated only using this channel but we've also uh, turned to other offline strategies like um, trying to make the maximum impact through media uh, newspapers and and yeah mass media and yeah. we've also uh, done some street marketing. We we go with flyers to uh, the users of the public uh, bikes, for instance, or, or or the users of the public uh, transport services, and 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 we try to con well not to convince them. We we just give them a flyer where we have all our advantages against those um, those other alternative transport services. And and that's basically what we do. What we want to do in the next months is also we're we're opening a store, so it's going to be also it's going to give us some visibility. But yeah. uh, mostly we want to run some events where where we know we have a, our our target customers, and yeah, uh, try to to give them the chance to try. Um, electric bikes, which is an experience most people want to do because uh, it drives curiosity out of the people. So uh, yeah. we 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 want to do some events where people can try the e-bikes and, and we get the, their data and everything. And we believe this can be a good channel to get those uh, a little bit uh, older customers and who are not digital native. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. It sounds like you guys are doing really well at trying different methods, trying to different things to reach different people. And yeah, that multiple of things that you're doing will hopefully um, develop into some good paying customers. Um, one other aspect of this is when you think about your customers, they're actually you know a community and a collection of people who have a shared interest in using your products and services um how important is that to your business you know the, the idea of building a strong community behind the product and encouraging the the community to kind of be self-fulfilling in the sense that it encourages more people to actually use your service um what, what sort of measures do you to take to kind of encourage that yeah it's key to success um we uh, we we're Actually, also implementing this um, because in the long run, the the keys we see for success are 
customer retention, which is driven by uh, innovation and community building. So this is the point we're, we're touching now. And uh, the other part would be uh, the operational efficiency, right? So uh, one of the keys is to create a strong community. What we're doing right now, we are just uh, trying to to grow organically. So we are not trying to get like a huge uh, followers base who are not engaged at all with our brand and just like uh, we, we don't want to buy followers or something like that you know so we yeah. want people who are really involved with the brand and, and, and with our concept of changing cities so it's a slow growth a slower growth but we believe in the long run is going to to pay uh, better than if we if we were doing a strategy of getting many 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 followers you know and after that so this is what we've done so far and what yeah. we want to do right now we just hired a community manager for this project um, we want to create a community of people who help each other and who share experiences with their e-bikes so we want we want a community of bike lovers of people who want to transform cities who want to make uh, cities more livable and 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 want other people to jump into the uh, biking uh, mobility let's say uh, and how we plan to do this well it's I mean we have to try many many things because this is uh, not our area of expertise but we're we're being assessed uh, sorry uh, we're being um, yeah assessed by uh, by, um, by a consulting firm yeah. um, and um, Basically, what we want to do is to empower our uh, followers to um, create the content for us. So right now we were creating the content, content. Uh, we're creating content around um, how, how the, the rules of, of biking in, in the city and, and other information that is relevant for them, but it may be not super attractive. We're also creating uh, content about uh, good destinations for your e-bike plans you can do, which is more attractive. And well, yeah. a lot of kinds of information that are useful to our users. We want this to be created by them. So this is one, one part. Another part is uh, the e-bikes are stolen every day and we, we want to, if we, if we have a strong community, we can try to uh, eradicate somehow this is um, yeah our bikes being stolen at least our bikes how uh, yeah. we want people to report uh, stolen e-bikes and all our community to get a, a notification when a, when an e-bike is stolen so uh, it makes it more difficult for the for the thieves to sell the the bike in the market afterwards um, and yeah, we're planning on adding some new some features like this that help people not just uh, share their experiences, but also like help each other and create a community. And yeah, that's uh, yeah. what we're planning. Yeah, that's that sounds fantastic. And I think what that touches on is kind of the multiple things that the product can do. You know, there's the healthy lifestyle aspect of people getting outdoors and doing stuff. There's the explorer who wants to 
see their local community on bike. You know, there's a lot of things that your community, your community can actually contribute to that. And, you know, thinking on an extension of that idea is around influencers and people who are already well followed um, by the community and they may be involved in different things. Is that something that you've worked on over the past year or so, you know, to work with influencers and try and drive the message of your brand uh, through them? Mm, exactly. Influencers are key to to marketing and to our project, as I told you. Um, what we've done so far is what most people do, just like have some influencers get uh, free uh, trials of, of uh, a certain time of our e-bikes. And uh, yeah, every time they had a problem, uh, they posted it like, yeah, I've been helped. Uh, they they are yeah. giving me a very good service. I love my e-bike and everything. So what what every people do, which is to show the the services and the products in the in the social media, right? But what what we want to do with them in the future, once we start building our community, is to make them amb ambassadors of um, the concept of um, micro mobility. So. We want them to show people, as you said, that a healthy lifestyle or or, or an adventurous lifestyle or, or whatever can be can be a, a very attractive thing, you know. So we want to use them for that. We want them to be the creators of the content, to be the ambassadors of of our brand and of our concept. Maybe, I mean. In the future, a community, they, if we want to have a, a very big community, they cannot be only our customers, right? But, so maybe we're, we're also helping other, uh, other competitors to, to sell their products. But we expect to, to have people um, more engaged with our brand. And because we're there, obviously we're running all the, the community. So they, I guess this, this involves people somehow emotionally yeah. but uh in at the end of the day if we manage to achieve our objective which is to have more livable cities i mean there's going to be a market for everybody and we believe that we 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 will have a, our our goal fulfilled so that's the main objective yeah that sounds really exciting and I, that leads me on to the last question um so where where do you see the business like in the next five years, if we were sitting down again in five years' time and we're talking about everything that's happened, where, where would you see it? Like, what what success? Would, would you well, hopefully all around stuff? Europe. <laughs> but um, I mean, um, yeah, in the next three years, I, I expected to have expanded internationally, and yeah, in five years, I don't know if it's too early yet. Maybe I would be talking about 10 years, but I, I, I would expect our, our business to be in the center of the, of the new mobility, of the micro-mobility, electric micro-mobility. Not just, as I told you, not just providing uh, e-bikes or e-scooters or, or whatever, uh, but also some other services uh, to the users, um, maybe even connectivity solutions, uh, so we expect to be in the center of the new mobility. That that would be our our dream, and uh, to have like uh, livable cities and be in the center of that, and having 
having helped a lot of, to to achieve this goal. That, that's where I see white flying in the next five years, five to ten years. Well, that sounds yeah, no, it sounds really exciting, and I actually look forward to kind of hopefully talking to you at that point and and discussing all the success that's come your way. Um, so Jaime, it was really interesting talking to you. It's a great story about you know why fly and, and the brand and where it came from and how you dealt with the challenges and what the plans are for the future so you know i wish you all the best of luck and um you know we hopefully get you back on the show again at some point <laughs> thank you michael it was a pleasure too and yeah hopefully hopefully in some years we'll be talking about uh, how 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 cities have evolved and changed in in the, in the past five years <laughs> absolutely okay homie thank you very much Thank you. Bye-bye.